You're listening to a real piece of work. (laughs) I probably shouldn't say it that way. You're listening to a real piece of work, a jobs podcast for aspiring professionals brought to you by WVIK, Quad Cities NPR, and Junior Achievement of the Heartland. Now here's your hosts, Matt and Joy. Hey, Matt, how are you doing today? I'm pretty well. Yeah, like I said, just coming off the weekend, things have been kind of crazy in a good way. But, uh, you know, I really can't complain uh, at all. So I'm fortunate to have what I have in my life. So uh, just kind of reflecting and, uh, you know, starting to get into the podcast here today. Um, And I'd be real curious what your thoughts are on this. One of the things that we do is connect people with people and uh, give our, our guests some credit today, doing a little research. Uh, this one of our first guests that proactively reached out to us and really caught my interest uh, in terms of what this individual does. And I think exemplifies why we have this podcast. It's a unique, I think, unique job opportunity and career path that somebody could follow. And so I'm really excited to hear from Claire today. But Joy, I don't know what's going on with you and uh, what, are you, what are you thinking about today? Well, piggybacking on that and um, this profession of, of Claire that we're about to, to talk to, I had to look it up myself. You know, I'm here and I hadn't until this email came across, this podcast interview, I'd never heard of this profession, what it did, sparked some interest. I've spent a little bit of time Googling, and so I'm curious to hear on the back end um, from Claire Stein. Um, so I think just dive right into it, and I'm excited to ask a few questions of things that maybe she doesn't answer in her initial welcome. So. So welcome, Claire Stein, stenographic court reporter from the state of Wisconsin to a real piece of work. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And like I said, you know, kudos to you and thank you for reaching out to us so that we can learn a little bit more about your profession, your career path and how you got there. So if you don't mind for our listeners, can you just explain relatively quickly, what does it mean to be a stenographic court reporter? Sure. So I'm an official court reporter for the state of Wisconsin. So I work for a judge. um, And basically, my job is to take a verbatim record of all court proceedings for my branch. And I use a steno machine to record whatever is happening in a hearing. Um, And a steno machine is not your typical keyboard. It's actually uses a different keyboard that uses a phonetic language. And we write, um, in order to work as a court reporter, you have to be able to write at speeds of 225 words a minute. So it's quite a bit faster than typing. And that is how we are able to make a verbatim record in real time of court proceedings. As I'm jotting down notes and I'm probably writing it, how many words per minute? <laughs> it's 225 words per minute to start working as a court reporter. Um, most people speak anywhere from like 140 to, I mean, people go 300, usually not for more than a few seconds, we hope. Um, <laughs> people speak pretty fast, but I think the average um, pace most people talk is around 180 words a minute. Um, So, but to start working, you need to be able to write at 225 words per minute. So that, that, so that I'm assuming you have to build up to that, but um, one of the things I guess I would just go and we, we briefly chatted about this before this episode. Um, 
we typically have a student ask a question and I just thought the timing of this particular question made sense to interject right now. So we've got a junior achievement student named Abby Rangel, who's a senior at Moline High School. And I think as a good follow-up to what you just stated, I'd like to weave in here and see how you react. Hi, Claire. My name is Abby Rangel. I'm a senior at Moline High School. And my question is, what got you interested in being a stenographer? Yeah, so I very luckily just stumbled upon this career. It wasn't something that I really knew much about other than just watching Law & Order episodes and seeing the stenographer in the corner. Um, but I had a career that was not very fulfilling. Um, I decided I wanted to go back to school for something, and I knew that I wanted to go into a field that had a technical skill that was very employable. And um, I also knew that I wanted to do an online program for school. And so I just looked on my local community college website for the online programs they offered and court reporting was one that came up and I was a little curious about it, read about it. And the part that really got me was it said it had a 100% job placement within the field for graduates. And coming from a background where I have a um, bachelor's degree in philosophy, which is great, but it doesn't have a lot of employable skills associated with it. Um, I knew that this was something I really wanted to do. And I was also interested generally in the legal field. And um, so I thought it would be a good fit for me. Honestly, right now, I'm um, a little amazed that you, you know, you go to school for something like, you know, philosophy and to then discover just, you knew you, knew you wanted something online, another degree with a, a skill to just, how did you, how did you even get to the point that you, that you realized that? Because I think a lot of people get stuck in these positions, you know, um, and for kids yeah. who are trying to decide this too, right? Absolutely. I think that I, I had a good, a good job. I was fine with what I was doing, but I knew that I could be doing a lot more and that I honestly am passionate about a lot of different things. And I didn't feel like what I was doing was satisfying some of the interests I had and the more I learned about court reporting, I learned not only does it involve, obviously, the legal field, but you really come across every topic. I mean, there are lawsuits about every topic. And so what you are going to hear on any given day is just you just don't know the range. And I love that about it because it keeps you on your toes and it's never boring. Um, and then also, like, I just... I think I had some sort of natural affinity for learning um, how to use a steno machine because I've always been passionate about like the English language and also just learning new languages or music. And those are all sort of traits that a lot of us share. So I think as soon as I started practicing, I, I was hooked and like, I didn't have a plan B at that time, which is probably a really good thing because a lot of people get frustrated with the program, but I really had no plan B. I was like, I am going to be a stenographer no matter what it takes. And so like I devoted myself for two years to practicing on my, on my uh, steno machine until I graduated school. That takes some definite uh, determination and dedication, setting that goal and, and 
heading nowhere except to that goal. So, so you're now in this position. How long have you been in this position or how long have you been doing it for? Uh, I started in this position in June of 2021. So coming up on two years. Okay. So can you walk our listeners through a typical day? What does that look like from, you know, location wise? Are you traveling hours, you know, and then getting paid too? Are you getting paid on an hourly basis? Are you getting paid per, uh, per case that you take on? How does that look for the listeners? Sure. Absolutely. Um, so my day, I, I'm stationed in one uh, courthouse at the Dane County Courthouse, and I'm actually, I work for a specific judge. So nine times out of 10, I am working in my branch with my judge. So um, usually I'll, I'll get to work. I'll look at what is on our calendar for the day. Um, if I need to do any prep work, I will do that, such as if there if there's like a trial, for example, I might want to look read about the case, learn some of the names of people that are going to come up, some of the topics that are going to come up, just so that I'm prepared for whatever comes up. Um, And then basically I would be going to court, sitting in court. Um, As soon as the hearing starts, I'm making a verbatim real-time record of everything that is said and who says it. And that... um, I use my steno machine to write out everything that's being said. And my steno machine is hooked up to software on my laptop that is translating it from steno language into English in real time. And basically I write down whatever happens in whatever's on the court calendar for the day. And at the end of the day, I'm storing all my files. I'm backing up all my files. Um, And then the other Part of our job is to produce the court record. So I'm responsible for keeping, for for taking the record, storing it, and then also producing an official court transcript for when people request one. Um, And so when that happens, I basically take the notes that I made during the hearing and I'm producing the official record that I'm certifying as the official court record. And when people order transcripts from us, we actually get paid in addition to our salary for those. Um, so it's kind of like having a part-time job built into my full-time job. So I, I get paid an hourly wage from the state, and then I also get paid on top of that for any transcripts that I produce. Wow. So... If you don't mind my asking, then you say you get paid hourly. If is there is what's the income potential for someone that's in your career? Absolutely. So for official court reporters, the the median income is somewhere around sixty five thousand um, dollars to start, but it also very much varies, of course, where you're located, um, and then you get transcript income on top of that. For freelance court reporters who they don't work in a courtroom, they actually work mainly, um, they take the record in depositions, which are out of court uh, discovery proceedings, where you would have, say, in a lawsuit, you would go, um, there would be counsel from both sides, and they would be deposing a witness to be used for a trial later. And freelance reporters take the record for that. They actually have a lot more earning potential than um, official court reporters. Uh, they make easily a hundred thousand dollars a year, but you know you don't get the same benefits as a state job, and you know you might be on your own for 
figuring out your taxes and, and your health insurance and stuff like that. Um, there's also another group of court report of stenographers who, um, they don't work in a courtroom. They don't work in the legal field at all. They actually work as broadcast captioners for live television, news, sports, stuff like that. Um, there's also captioners who provide captions to hard of hearing students who attend colleges and things like this, where a student would actually get a live feed of whatever is happening in their lecture. Um, so stenographers actually can do a number of things with the skill that we learn. And the the wages vary, of course, depending on where you're located in the metro areas, you're going to make more money. Um, but you can definitely make a good living with this skill. Once again, one of the awesome things about the, doing these podcasts, like who would have known? I, I wouldn't have, uh, I had an idea what a court reporter was, but the other facets that uh, individuals in your space are uh, servicing, it it's, uh, sounds pretty cool and uh, I bet pretty rewarding. So rewarding is one thing I've, I've got to ask, okay, but is there is there one aspect of your job you're like, if they took that away from me, I'd be upset. And if there's anything that you could take off your plate, what might it be? Well, I think that court is is hard emotionally. Um, I work in a civil branch, so I don't generally touch criminal cases, although I will if I'm helping out a different judge, for example. Um, but even civil court, I mean, you are just nobody wants to be in court. Nobody wants to get sued. Nobody wants to sue someone else. And it, all the witnesses who are being subpoenaed, really, nobody really wants to be there. And it is a difficult process to have to always be in that space. And I think you just really have to like be able to, to just be sort of like the words are flowing through my ears and out my fingers and I can't get like too invested in everything. Um, so it's definitely hard sometimes and I wish that it weren't so emotionally draining, but I mean, I, I love this career and like you take the good with the bad. So speaking of that, I think balance, work-life balance is really a hot topic and the, the, the definition or description of that can vary from individual to corporation, right? But the people that are listening, these kiddos that are looking to get in the workforce, they're looking for some type of quote unquote balance, right? So they're doing the things that you're talking about during the day. What do you do then? outside of that work time that you're talking about to get away from the, the emotional piece of it, right? To, to free your mind and, and get you through. What are those kinds of things? What do those look like? Absolutely. So I have, I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. So a lot of my quote unquote free time <laughs> is spent with them, of course, yeah. um, which is lovely. And, and, you know, I love, you know, we, we go to parks and whatever else, whatever they want to do. So I do that. Um, I haven't gone for a while because the weather's been crappy, but I do really like to go for runs. And the kind of nice thing about um, being an official reporter is that, you know, judges don't work straight. Most most judges don't work straight from eight to five or whatever. You know, we get some breaks. We, we like to take a long lunch break. Um, so a lot of times I'll try to go out for a run on my lunch break. And I, I absolutely, absolutely don't feel like, I have a bad work-life balance. I do work on transcripts a lot, like on the weekend, or sometimes I'll work on them before work. Um, but that's probably like 
just something I make myself do because I really want to get everything in on time and like get get the transcripts to attorneys as quick as quickly as possible. Um, but I absolutely most of the time don't feel like I'm just like up to my ears and work and I just don't have time for anything. I totally do. So, Claire, typically we only have one uh, student question for each of our guests, but we're kind of fortunate today that we actually have a second one, if you don't mind. Her name is Kayla Rice, our junior achievement student from Rock Island High School here in the Quad Cities. And Kayla's got a question for you here, if you don't mind answering it. Hi, Claire. This is Kayla Rice. I'm a 12th grade student at Rock Island High School. My question for you is, what do you think is the most rewarding part of you being a court reporter? I think that the most rewarding part is just being able to participate in the legal process in such a neutral and impartial way that many people don't get to participate in. Um, I mean, I have no skin in the game at all. I want to get as clear of a record of what happened so that whoever reads this transcript I'm producing knows exactly everything there is to know about what happened Um, in this case. And I think one of the most rewarding parts for sure is when you get a transcript for an appeal, say, that goes to the Court of Appeals, and maybe it goes all the way to the Wisconsin Supreme Court, and you've got your name on the transcript, and you're certifying that, you know, this is what happened in the record, and just thinking about everyone who reads your record, and that definitely makes me proud. So we talked a little bit about school, and I just want to make sure we cover this before we are nearing the end here. So talking about schooling and education, if someone's listening in or is now interested in this particular job, how would they go about finding out more about it? Do you have certain uh, websites or that you would recommend for them to go to? And what, what kind of education does it look like they would have to have right now to, to get the certification to be able to do this? Absolutely. So... If anyone is interested in this career, I would highly recommend that you go to discoversteno.org. That is a website that the National Court Reporters Association has set up. Um, They actually offer a totally free six-week program that you can try if you think you might be interested in stenography. Um, They will help you find a machine or use an app that can put a, uh, put a steno keyboard onto your iPad. Um, and they will teach you the alphabet in steno. They will teach you some basic words, some basic rules of stenography, and you can give it a shot. Um, and there will also be someone who can then point you in the direction of schools in your area or answer any questions you might have about stenography. I would also highly recommend that if you think you might be interested, find out if your state has a court reporters association and reach out to them because a lot of times they can hook you up with a professional court reporter in your area who you could go shadow for a day. They might also be able to um, help help you decide which school might be right for you um, or connect you with a school uh, And as far as court reporting school goes, it's a two-year program. It's set up to be two years long. Um, However, many people take longer than two years because it's really about just getting fast enough to finish. It's not like you do two years and you'll for sure be at 225 words a minute. 
Um, it all depends on how much you're practicing, but it is possible to, to graduate from a court reporting school in two years. I'm sitting here thinking, <laughs> I have a son who's approaching high school ages, and I'm like, and I now want to know, do you, do you have to do this post high school? Is it something you could even start working on while you're in high school to learn how this machine works to, oh. to get you in, into that, that space? So when you, you do graduate high school, that you're even a couple of steps ahead, maybe? Oh, you absolutely should. I mean, I think for the, for the um, program that I specifically mentioned through the NCRA, I think you have to be 17 to sign up, but I would absolutely, you know, highly recommend there's, there's YouTube uh, videos. If you want to learn about stenography, there's other ways um, to do it too. And I mean, as many of these skills are, the sooner you start working on it, man, if you're young, you can learn things so fast. It's like learning a new language. Um, definitely, like I think late high school, if not like straight out of high school is a great time to learn a skill like this. So interesting. Who would have thought? <laughs> well, in today's age right now, too, you think about technology. Well, you know, I, I, in my mind, was thinking we probably just listen. Oh, there's my... Ah. See, I picked up my phone and I got the flashlight. You pick up your phone and you... I would think that they just record it and then it's going from like recording on a phone. And so to, to know that this is still happening in a courtroom, to be honest, it's, it's mind boggling, but I love, I love what you're doing. And I, I thank you for reaching out to us to share this with everyone. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Well, Claire, if you don't mind humor us, we always like to make sure we close out our interviews with our guests by saying, if you were to look at, you know, 16 year old Claire, what would you tell her to keep doing? stop doing and start doing to increase your, uh, you know, your chances of just being happy post high school and in a profession that's really, you know, inspiring you. I think that something that I would tell myself to start doing is to really start learning a skill because skills and trades are just so employable. They're, they mean they're so much more meaningful than just a piece of paper, honestly. Um, and as I was saying, you know, the sooner you start learning these things when you're young and your brain is is very malleable, the better you're going to be at them. Um, so like going, I would tell myself, you know, learn a new language or just learn a computer software or learn how to code or something. Just choose something and start practicing it. Um what I would say to keep doing is just keep being interested in so many different fields and keep your options open. Because for me, like I, I really had the problem where I was interested in everything. You know, I, I couldn't pick what field I wanted because I was interested in lots of different fields and there wasn't one thing that really kind of stuck out to me. So I think like having that curiosity is so important too. Anything you might stop doing? This one is hard because like, I wish I, you know, like I look back and I'm like, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. But like, really, I mean, everything makes you who you are. Like you can't take back the mistakes and still be the same person you are. So I, I don't know that I can really pick one thing for that. That's quite all right. So, well, Claire, you, you really have been a real piece of work and we really appreciate you being on the podcast today. And uh, we look forward to uh, hopefully the guest raving and jumping up and down about the chance to potentially be a court stenographer. So thank you very much for your insight today. 
Thank you so much. Thank you so much for letting me speak about this. You're most welcome. So Matt, I have to say this is an exciting first uh, for someone to reach out to us and honestly for it to be such an interesting um, job that I've not heard of and I don't think you have either. What what is your your first couple of takeaways after talking to Claire? Well, you know, when I ask the 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 standard question, start, stop, keep doing, was the stop aspect where she said, you know, you can't really change what you've done in the past because it really helps make who you are today resound with me. And so, you know, you have to own those things, whether they're good, bad, and different, uh, because it does help frame who you are and how you are perceived by others, and hopefully how effective you are in your career path. So. That was the one that I think one of the first times somebody said to us, uh, no, there isn't anything I would have stopped. So uh, that would be it for me. What about you? Keep being you. It's like the the shortened version and it's, it really goes along with that. Um, and just for me, it's learn a skill, learn something, find something you're interested in, you know, whether it's, it's drawing or arting, you know, or using art in some way or shape or form and perfecting that and not, not for any reason as to bring in, bring in some income, but maybe listen to that and, and learn that skill or something that can be tangible that you can, can do. Um, so yeah, I guess that would be my, that would be my biggest t- takeaway. And just to pay attention to, she stumbled across this. I think it's not always that we just find someone stumbling across it, but to pay attention right. to that because it does happen and it happened in the case for Claire. So. Well, as always, looking forward to the next one with you. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a real piece of work. <laughs> <laughs>